Welcome to the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. The world is falling apart, but you don't have to. Join Jordan and Kristen as they discuss the challenges that face us in our decaying world every day. God has a plan for you to have victory and to be a light in the darkness. As the Bible says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, here's Jordan and Kristen. All right, good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to another episode of the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. Tonight's topic can a marriage survive adultery? And perhaps an even more important question, should a marriage survive adultery? All right, but before we get to that weighty issue, Kristen, why don't you pray for everybody? Go ahead. Lord, we thank you that as we talk about this issue tonight, Lord, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory. We have all been unfaithful to you at some point or another, but God, you love us and you draw us into you. And Lord, you are so forgiving and loving, and you want no separation between us and you, Lord. Thank you that you have drawn us back in, and you tore the veil when you paid the ultimate price for our sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Interesting prayer there. I noticed that you're tying an analogy between unfaithfulness in marriage to unfaithfulness spiritually. Why'd you go with that? Uh, you know, it was on when you said we were going to do this topic. It was on my mind. Uh, I believe it's Hosea, right? That talks about it's a basically a. We just looked this up three minutes ago. I well, believe it's Hosea. <laughs> you know, it's Hosea. It was just on the screen. You asked me to look it up for you. I was like, is it Hosea? Is it Hosea? I don't know why I have my head. Hosea, Hosanna, Hosea. <laughs> but anyway, I God recalled, uh, put that on my heart. I remember studying that whole chapter, that whole book, rather. And it's just amazing how it's this analogy of this wife that's been unfaithful and Hosea goes after her and pursues her, even though she's been unfaithful and there's a reconciliation there. And that's supposed to be also the relationship, God's drawing a bigger point between himself and us. Though we are unfaithful, though we have been in our sin, God comes after us. So we have been the one committing adultery, but God comes after us. And um, someone's going to take like a snippet of that in the Jordan and Christian show. <laughs> we have been the one committing adultery. Thank you. The Hosea, Hosea is a really interesting book, by the way, because the way it opens is actually God tells Hosea to go marry the most promiscuous woman he could find. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's like, here's your would, mission. Too many people would jump at that opportunity. I know. It's like, no, do not, do not. God does not say that's useless. All right. So here's the deal with uh, tonight's topic. So as some of you know, I'm a divorce attorney, which is a heck of a thing to be when you're also trying to run a Christian ministry here. And I've struggled with that, as you know, Kristen. Yeah. And the, the best I can do is... You know, God needs bright lights in dark places. And so that's why I continue to do this now for this season of my life. One of the things that you find out very quickly is that adultery is, if not a uniform cause, at least a highly common denominator in in almost every divorce. I think we've seen statistics, Chris and you and I, something like 70% of marriages cite adultery as a reason for divorce. I think 75% say it's lack of commitment, although, you know, certainly adultery is a form of lack of commitment. And so the question becomes, if this has happened in a Christian household, okay, can that marriage survive the adultery and should it? And I think, Kristen, the first thing I say is as far as can it survive, it really depends on what you mean by survive, first of all. By survive, you mean not get divorced? I mean, that's a pretty low threshold of survival, right? Right, Like, okay, In a Christian household, yes, someone can commit adultery and it might not necessarily result in divorce. But again, is that really, are you really married at that point? Well, this is a very gray area. You, there's, 
there are certain topics that it's not just black and white, yes or no. Right. Obviously, we know that God, without a doubt, there is reconciliation that God, that, that we sin and fall short and we put it at the foot of the cross. So if someone has committed adultery and they, but see that there's the first key, they come forward with a willing heart crying out to God and to their spouse. Can that marriage survive? Can it be reconciled? Absolutely. That's the power of the gospel. Now, that also doesn't mean, though, it's without consequences, okay? That by saying something can survive and there are consequences, um, you know, there's there's a lot of gray areas. And it's, it's not just black and white. Um, and I think it depends on a lot of different things. First of all, let's define adultery. Because in my mind, as a Christian, you know, uh, adultery, there's a lot of different levels. I mean, you could, I would argue, of course, you know, I know there are different things that people identify as adultery, but pornography, that's that's a, a type of adultery. Um, cyber texting relationships, that kind of flirting. And then, of course, you know, we know things are more severe, the physical relationship, but there are different types of adultery. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the word consequences. I mean, one of the, my favorite things that Joel Osteen said one time is he said, you know, you can spend 10 years building up a relationship and destroy it in 10 seconds just with careless words, just with words. And people will, you know, forgive you, but they will never forget the way that you made them feel. Uh, if words have that power, imagine how much power um, th- those deeds have. You know, it, it, I believe in restoration. I believe what the Bible says as far as if anyone is in crises. Uh, a new creation, and I believe God forgives us, but that doesn't mean that God always rescues us from the consequences of our actions. And an example I like to give, because I have a history um, in criminal law, uh, not being prosecuted, but actually I should say I have a background in the practice of criminal law. <laughs> oh boy, okay. a lot of things but taken out of context. If you, if you commit a crime, for example, especially a serious crime, you can repent of it and get God's forgiveness. That doesn't mean that you're now not going to go to jail for That's it. That's exactly I mean, there's right. still consequences yeah. to that. Yeah. And, you know, if you've committed adultery in your marriage, I want to just mention what I mean by that in a second. Even if... I believe God can do impossible things, but part of the impossible things you're now asking God to do is restore trust. It's it's not just the forgiveness for the act, which is one subset of the, of the problem, okay? Right. It's, it's actually res- restoring trust. And you want to talk about adultery. We think of adultery, just to build on what you said, uh, as cheating on your spouse. If you have kids, you're cheating on them too. And I would even go so far as to say, even if you don't have kids, you're even cheating on the kids you were destined to have, if that's what, yes. if that's what God's purpose you to do. I was talking to... Um, a good friend of mine the other day, and this has not, he, we weren't talking about adultery in this context. We we're just talking about, you know, fatherhood and things like that. And we were talking about the best thing you can do as a father for your children. And I just got his opinion because, you know, we don't have kids yet and he doesn't. I said, well, in your opinion, what's, what's the best thing that you as a father can give your children? Cause he, this guy would die for his kids. And he said, uh, I give them my time. And I said, you know, I don't know if that's right. That's a good answer. But I think the best thing you can give your children, if you really love them, is a loving marriage with you and your wife. Because first of all, that's what they want more than anything else. And secondly, that's what they need more than anything else, not just to develop, because, but because you want them to be able to learn how to love someone else too and, and love themselves. And when, when you commit adultery, you're not just sitting against your wife or your husband. You're sitting against them. You're sitting against your kids. You're sitting against God, obviously. Your body is a temple of God. And you're sitting against yourself. It's a lack of mm-hmm. self-respect also. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I remember the other day uh, you and I were talking how – I forgot how we got on this topic. I think it was somebody in ministry who had committed adultery and we were like, how could that happen? You know, you, and, and you said to me, we were both like, 
I would never cheat on you. You'd never cheat on me. And and you stopped for a second, which I thought was so wise. You said to me, you said, you know what? That's very prideful. And that's how the enemy gets us in places because you and I have safeguards in places. Right. Um, and it's like you need those safeguards, of course, in, in, in terms of like even in your profession, your office, even from not being framed for something, of course, but even for just on a spiritual level because the enemy's looking for any little, little, little wedge that he can get. Yeah, and you know? I, I need to clarify that because what I was what I was trying to emphasize with that is that I got to be careful with my words here, but one of the ways that the enemy gets at you is you you convince yourself I would never fall into such a exactly. thing. You just say you just exactly. say that like like the enemy's never seen this before, okay? And there is a certain arrogance and a certain pride to it. So if you're saying to yourself, "Well, I would never cheat on my wife." Okay, that's fine. That's great. Tell me why that wouldn't happen. Tell me what safeguards you have in place to make sure yes. it doesn't happen. Okay. You know, because if, if you're, if you're, here's an example, the person who says I'd never cheat on my wife and yet they're working late hours at the office, maybe by themselves, maybe with, with, you know, other women or something like that, or they're having, you know, they're just sending, um, they're texting on their phone all day long or talking on the phone all day long to, to women who are friends of theirs having, you know, uh, secret email exchanges and maybe it's innocent, but you know, if you're, if you're doing all those things, it's like, it, it's kind of like, you know, if you imagine being in an arena where, you know, there's these gates and inside each of these gates, there are tigers. And it's like, well, each you're opening each of those gates and maybe the tiger hasn't come out to eat you yet, but it's like, you're leaving those gates open. One little thing, one little look, uh, it's a slow fade like that. Oh, sure. And then, and then you get, you get into a situation where maybe, you know, you guys share an emotional experience. Maybe it was meant to be innocent, but Mm -hmm. somebody needs something. and Or something happens, your wife ticks you off and does something. And and that, and, and that's what the enemy does. The enemy does this in layers. It's like. Or husband ticks you off. Yeah. (laughs) Right. No, but that's what the enemy does it in layers where it's like, okay, maybe things aren't going well in your home life. You know, got into an argument with your wife and maybe you, you're overtired anyway. You didn't sleep well. Maybe you're, you know. You're not as strong because maybe you're getting over even a cold or something. And now, you know, here's somebody else and, and it, it doesn't even start as anything, as anything wrong, but then minor compromises along the way. Okay. Minor, and, and when you minor lowering of barriers along and the way male, can lead to major, major failures. Male or female. I mean, how many of us, we put so many safeguards in place and things still, thanks to the well, internet, you know, pop up you on know our what, phones. You know, what, or... you know what it's like? No, you know what it's like? Remember, and, and this is, I'm not saying this to be funny, but do you remember when uh, a few months ago that submarine was lost? Yeah, it was just yes. what destroyed that submarine was the tiniest of fractures, a micro fracture. But on the outside of the submarine was was tons and tons of pressures. And what people try to do that is they great. they You're they have a tiny micro fracture in their in their uh, armor. But then they put, you know, they watch movies they shouldn't watch. They hang mm-hmm. out with people they shouldn't watch. Yep. By the way, do you know the divorce rate is much higher among people whose friends are divorced? Because when you're around people yes. like that, when you're around people who, who you know, yep. are are, yep. are not living the way you want to live, guess what? It leaches into your life. That's right. And so people, they you surround yourself with maybe people who you shouldn't and, and images that you shouldn't and watching movies that you shouldn't and television shows that you shouldn't. You make a bunch of these small compromises over time. The pressure builds up and it's the tiniest microfracture that can cause the whole thing to explode. So when I was saying before, it's not enough to say I'd never cheat on my wife. You say, why would I never cheat on my wife? Well, A, because I love her. B, because I have the power of Christ in me. But C, because I've established a lifestyle choice and behaviors and safeguards to keep that far away from me. And let me tell you, you got to be prayed up every single day. And I'm speaking to us and to everybody. You got to be prayed up. 
by yourself. You got to be prayed up with your spouse because the enemy is searching for not only adultery, but certainly, uh, you know, that as well. So I think the answer is a Christian marriage, if there is adultery, God can still perform miracles and we would never want to limit God's power. But all things being equal, you know, there's old saying that uh, an ounce of prevention is worth, you yeah. know, more than the pound of the cure. And so all things being equal, it's probably best not to do it in the first place and to have to rely on a miracle. There you go. I was going to say, don't do it if you're thinking of it. If you have got there is honestly, hope. honestly, <laughs> and if, a if, if a Christian marriage fails because of that, I have a hard time blaming the person who doesn't want to continue with it. I mean, that's a longer yeah. discussion, yeah, but it's, it's, but it's a it's a tough one. So, all right, Chris, in the last ten seconds. Call to salvation. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you are listening to this and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or it's been like 30 years or 30 minutes, whatever, and you, the point is, is if you want to accept Jesus as your truly Lord and Savior, um, just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I admit that I have sinned. I ask you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for watching. You can check us out at jordanandkristen.com. If you want to get in touch with us, you want us to pray for you, anything like that, just let us know you're listening, jordanandkristen.com. Also, check us out, Jordan and Kristen Ministries, on YouTube and Spotify. See you next week, guys. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 845 on WMCA The Mission, AM 570 and FM 102.3. Amazing grace.